0: 1 John chapter 5, verse number 4, you have a Bible and would turn over there with me this morning. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 4, amen. If you have it, say amen. Since it's only one verse, why don't you read this with me? You should be able to see it on the screen, but everybody, let's read this together. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Amen. Notice the word there, overcometh. It's mentioned twice in that verse. A couple of important words in that verse. Overcometh is one of them, and victory is the other one. But the word overcometh, of course it ends with E-T-H. And whenever you see a word in your Bible that ends with E-T-H, it means a continuation. Continuation. It doesn't mean it's a one-time event, but it means it's going to keep going. So you could, you could either add I-N-G in place of E-T-H, or you could add an, an S after overcome. So it would read, overcomes the world, or is overcoming the world. It means a continuation. I like the way the Holman Bible says it. It says, whosoever is born of God conquers the world. Amen. And so I'm going to preach this morning for a few minutes on this Independence Day that we are destined to win. Destined. Destined to win. Not lose, but win. Lord Jesus, thank you once again for your presence, your power that's in this sanctuary. Thank you, Lord, for your word that has never failed, it's never fallen. But Lord, this morning, we, Lord, look to you and we pray for your hand. We pray for direction. I pray for every heart in this sanctuary, every individual that might be listening, Lord, online today. I pray, God, that your word would find that good ground in our heart, the soil, O Lord. Let the seed be planted this morning and let it grow and come to fruition. Bless your people, Lord. Bless these lips as I preach your word this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Shake somebody's hand before you're seated. God bless you. Greet somebody in the name of the Lord. Glory to God. This is, of course, Independence Day. It's July 4th. and um, If you and I, we had the ability to go back to 1775 when the Revolutionary War really got started or really got underway, um, and we were able to look at the two different armies that were involved in the Revolutionary War, we might see the British who were in their red coats, their uniforms, they were very polished, they were very disciplined. They were led with, with excellence, and we, we would have noticed them, that we would have paid attention to them, and then we might have looked over at the Continental Army, the rebels, the colonists, and we, we saw, looked at them and would have realized that they were wearing just their normal clothes, and there was not much uh, to be impressed by to look at them. Um, they brought their own weapons. They, they didn't have any, uh, you know, uniformity about them or anything like that. Um, the Continental Congress, of course, they had asked George Washington, Washington to lead this army and to, to lead them in this opposition against the British. And, uh, you know, here was this ragtag group of individuals that had come together. They weren't polished, and there was really, you know, nothing impressive about them. They were... They were woefully outnumbered. They were uh, underpaid. Many of those soldiers went months without a paycheck and uh, they were inadequately trained, but yet there was something about this group of colonists who came together to fight against the British. and There was something about them and their their rebellion or their their opposition to the the crown in, in Britain. And as things escalated, of course, um, you've probably all heard the story of Benedict Arnold, how he was, he was passed over for, for promotion, you know, in the Continental Army. He thought he should have been, uh, you know, received a, a higher rank, but he was passed over by General Gates. And so he got his feelings hurt. and he said, you know what, you know, I don't really need this. And he started having these secret meetings with a man named John Andre, Major John Andre. And they began to work together, Benedict Arnold and John Andre, they began to strategically try to undermine the colonists and the Continental Army. And um, if you know the story, in fact, if, if you enjoy revolutionary history and all that, there's an author by the name of Nathaniel Philbrook who wrote a trilogy, great book. He wrote a book called Valiant Ambition. That's just a side note, though. It's a great book. Talked about Benedict Arnold. But uh, they had all this going against them, and... and uh, Major Andre, he was arrested and eventually hanged. Benedict Arnold escapes, he goes to London where he died later. But with all that was working against the Americans, you know, they had people that were deserting, you know, they didn't have enough food, there was not uh, enough supplies, and so there were people who were deserting, the morale was low and uh, just lacking in many different ways. They continued to press forward. General Washington was an incredible leader. But here we are, you know, we look back today. We look back in history of our country. We look back and and many people today would say that divine providence had his hand in that event, in the Revolutionary War. A lot of people would say, it was the hand of the Almighty God that played a special role in forming of the Union that became the United States of America. And many people would say, that they were destined to win. Here we are, 245 years later. Independence, of course, was declared on July the 2nd. On July the 4th, 1776, the Declaration of Independence was adopted. It wasn't until August the 2nd that it was actually signed by those 56 delegates at the Continental Congress But many people would say today, and listen to me for just a few minutes here, I'm not going to preach a long time, but many people would say that this country that you and I are privileged to be a part of, that we were destined to fill our role in history, that we were destined to overcome, that what happened in 1775 through 1779 and the years after, that um, this country was... that the Lord put his hand upon us and and made us the United States of America and I don't know about everybody in this room but I am thankful to live in the United States I am thankful to be an American a land of the free and home of the brave amen I love America amen And personally this this is not preaching this is not the Bible but personally the way I feel all the people who who like to criticize and to to belittle our country and our founders they probably they probably just need to go find a better place to live. Because America is a great country. And it would seem to me and many other people that we have been directed by God at His founding. But I want to tell you this morning that more than just living in America, I'm thankful to be a part of something that's even greater, that is destined to win, and that is the Church of the Living God. Praise the Lord. God's church is destined to win. The church the church is not going to lose. God's people, they're going to win. The church is going to come out on top. Praise the Lord. The Lord is never going to be defeated. The people of God, they will be victorious. The word of God, it is forever settled and it will not pass away. 1 John 2, 17, the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And in our text this morning, we read it. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Other translations I looked at said, whoever is born of God. Everyone that's born of God in one version it even says anything born of God overcomes it conquers it is victorious if we're born of God we overcome let me put it to you this way to be connected with the world means you lose but to be connected with the Lord Jesus Christ it means victory. Those that do the will of God, they will abide forever. They will live forever. They will continue on. But those who connect themselves to the world, to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, it fades away. It will not stand the test of time. But whosoever is born of God, they will abide forever. Because we're going to win. We're going to win, somebody. We're going to win. Because we're in the church. Because we're a part of the church of the living God if you're not in the church this morning let me encourage you repent of your sins get baptized in Jesus name get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost if you're not in the church get in the church or if you're just kinda hanging around the edges of the church it's time you get in the church it's time you be the church it's time you become a part of the church because all that is in the world is gonna fade away you hear me today if you're a carnal person here today and maybe you don't know what a carnal person is. It's, a, it's somebody who's not very spiritual. But if you're not a spiritual person here today, you listen to me. The world is going to pass away. But if you want to be a part of something that wins, get in the church and be the church. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Because the church is going to win. We're going to win because we are a part of God's team. His record is perfect. He has never lost. God has never lost and he will never lose. You can trust the Lord. You can trust the Lord with your future. You can trust the Lord with your salvation. You can depend upon Him. You say, how do you know, preacher? How do you know, pastor? I'll tell you how I know you can trust the Lord. Because He's the one who created everything. He is the one that has always existed and He will always exist. He is the Most High God. That means He's El Elyon. He is the King of Kings he is the Lord of Lords he is above all his name is above every name every knee is going to bow and every tongue is con- going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father praise the Lord if you're not a worshiper to now there's coming today you will be a worshiper If you don't know how to lift your hands and your voice and your heart to the Lord, there's coming a day when you're going to bow your knee before the Lord Jesus Christ and you're going to say, Jesus is Lord. He knows everything. He is everywhere. He has immeasurable power. He has unsearchable greatness. His grace is exceeding rich. His mercy endures forever and ever and ever. His word, it is not bound. Praise the Lord. He is the God of all grace he is the God of all comfort he is the Prince of Peace he can do anything here let me say it again God can do anything he can save to the uttermost that means he can reach the person who is the furthest away from him and he can bring them in the closest to him he can save to the uttermost he can heal all manner of sickness and disease he can his love is off the charts that's how I know God's gonna win God is not a man. God is not a piece of wood. He's not a piece of steel that somebody has created with their hands. He doesn't need our help. He is the God of the universe. He is the almighty God. And he is powerful. There's power in the name. I got to, I got to thinking last night or yesterday as I was studying some more, getting ready to preach this morning, and I thought about the word power, Sister Christy. I thought about the power that's in the name but there's power in the blood there is power in the word there's power in the Holy Ghost the Bible even says there's power in his right arm there's power in being born again there is power in the church Jericho's walls could not continue to stand when God's people begin to march around the walls and on the seventh day when they made that final lap that that lap and the priest and the people begin to shout the priest begin to blow the trumpets something miraculous begin to happen and the mighty walls of Jericho fell down they fell down flat that's because they can't stand against God They cannot stand against the power of God. They cannot stand against the the hand of the Lord. The Midianites, they fled from Gideon and his little army of 300. The Amalekites were defeated when Moses' arms were raised up in the air. His arms were up in the air. Aaron and Hur were on each side, holding those arms up. And as long as his hands were in the air, the Bible says that Israel prevailed. They could not stand against the power of God. The Philistines were taken out by a blind man by the name of Samson as he stood between those pillars that held up the building. And he pushed pushed the pillars down and the building came down and more Philistines were killed in that one instant than all of the, the, the enemy that had died up to that point. Pharaoh and the Egyptians were drowned in the Red Sea. Ahab and the false prophets of Baal and the girls were defeated on Mount Carmel. Nebuchadnezzar was humbled. Jezebel was thrown down. Goliath fell. Haman was hanged. Tobias and Sanballat, they could not stop the walls of Jerusalem from being rebuilt. So somebody, somebody in this room, you tell me. Somebody that doesn't, that's resisting right now. Somebody tell me. When God has ever been defeated. Somebody tell this preacher. When God has ever been embarrassed. He's never lost. He's never been defeated. You can do all things. I may not be singing that right. You can do all things. But fail. Because you've never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. And I know, I know, you never will. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail. Cause you never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. And I know, I know that you never will. I know I know do you know I know he never will so that's why I'm on the Lord's team this morning that's why I'm living for God that's why I put all my eggs in one basket that's why I'm, I'm selling out to the Lord because God's not losing when you get tied up in the world, when you get wrapped up in the things of the world and the flesh, and you start tying yourself and association yourself with things that are going to fail, you're going to fail with them. But if you'll tie yourself to the Lord, if you'll hold on to the horns of the altar, if you'll live for God, you're going to come out victorious. You're going to win. Oh, yes, you will. You'll win if you'll live for God. If somehow we could go back and ask that 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 idol, that the Philistines worshipped, his name was, or her name, I don't know, I guess it was him, his or her, him or her, she, it, she, man, him, he, it was their God. It was their fish God. It was half man, half fish. And when... The Philistines went and they captured the ark of God and they brought it back to Ashdod. They're saying, oh, we defeated the Israelites. We're going to win. We've got the ark of God. And they set the ark of God in that temple with Dagon. And they're all happy and they're all excited. They think, yep, we've defeated God's people. We're going to win. Help me, Aubrey, put those verses up there. I may not have put them in there. When they of Ashdod arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord, and they took Dagon. Think about how pitiful this is. They took Dagon, and they set him back in place. They said, this is our God. Brother Logan, they said, this is our God. We're going to prop our God up. That's pitiful when you have to prop your own God up. What's the next verse say, Aubrey? And when they arose early on the morrow morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord, and the head and both palms of his hands were cut off the threshold. Only the stump of Dagon was left to him. That's, that's something. I think there's another verse or two in there, Aubrey. Therefore neither the priest of Dagon nor any that came come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod unto this day, but the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them of Ashdod, and he destroyed them and smote them with emrods, that's tumors, even Ashdod and the coast thereof. That's because Dagon was not a match for the, for the, Lord, Jesus, or for the Lord Jehovah. He could not stand. And you know what, sometimes we worry about what other people think, we, 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 we look around and we wonder, we're, we're so conscious about what other, just live for God, because if you live for God, you're going to come out on top. There are people all over the world, they're worshipping all kinds of gods, they're worshipping money, there's so many people, they're chasing the dollar because they think money's going money's to cure everything wrong with them, but I'm going to tell you, money's going to fail one of these days. Money's going to fail. People chasing science. The problem with setting science up as your God is science is always changing. Science is not reliable. Science has its place. You young people, listen to me. You boys on the back row, listen to me. Science is not, is not the answer to everything. That's what the world, that's what schools, science, science, science. But science is always changing. And you need to always remember that. Science is not our God. Technology is not our God. Technology can be addictive. Technology can be very dangerous in the wrong setting. Sports is not our God. But you know that there are people all over America today, they are neglecting their time of worship so they can worship their other God? People have set education up as a God. There's nothing wrong with learning, but people are gaining a worldly wisdom, and they're lacking understanding and wisdom from the Scripture. But I'm talking today, this morning, I'm preaching about a God that is above all. Praise the Lord, he is far above. Psalm 97.9 says he is far above all gods. Praise the Lord, he's more important than money. Praise the Lord, he's more important than science or sports or technology or education. God is more important than all of it. Ephesians one twenty-one. he is far above. Somebody say far above far above all principality power might dominion every name that is named not only in the world but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave to him to be the head over all things to the church Colossians 1 16 for by him were all things created that are in heaven that are in the earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him and don't miss verse 17 He is before all things. The Lord Jesus Christ, somebody, the Lord Jesus Christ is more important than anything else in your life. He is more important because by him all things consist. That means he is the one who's holding it all together. Yes, he is. He is holding it all together. He not only created it, he is the glue that keeps it together. Praise the Lord, he's never going to fail, he's never going to fall, he's never going to come up short. And the gates of hell, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Because it's greater. This is why you need to get in the church. This is why you need to be the church. It's because the gates of hell cannot overtake the church. Jesus was not defeated at Calvary. He was not defeated when he, they let, he let them put those nails in his hands and feet. He wasn't going down. He said, you didn't take my life. I gave you my life. Nobody takes my life. I laid down my life. In fact, the Bible says that if the princes of the world had known about Calvary and what the effects of Calvary was going to be all about, they said, it says they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. Calvary was his idea. It was a part of his plan. Because he rose again the third day. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. So my message to you this morning is that if you'll stick with God, you're going to win. Don't get intimidated by the world. Don't get intimidated by the world. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Don't let the world be the thing that shapes your life or becomes your identity. Don't let the world be the thing that tells you who you have to be or what you have to be or what you have to look like. Be a child of God. Be a child of the Lord. Live for God. If you please God, write this down or remember this. If you please God, it does not matter who you displease. But if you displease God, it won't matter who you please. Please God. Live for God. Stop living so you can please the world because God's going to win. God's going to prevail. His church is going to come out on top. Years ago, a a German philosopher infamously said, God is dead. You ever heard that? Friedrich Nietzsche, he said, God's dead. Guess what? God's alive, but Nietzsche's dead. When the Beatles were at the height of their popularity, John Lennon, the singer in the Beatles, he was interviewed. And John Lennon, he said, we're more popular than Jesus. Here's here's exactly what he said. It was quoted in the Rolling Stone magazine. Listen to this. This is John Lennon. He said, Christianity will go. It will vanish and shrink. I needn't argue about that. I know I'm right, and I will be proved right. We're more popular than Jesus now. (laughs) I'm not celebrating his death, but John Lennon is not alive anymore. The Beatles are no longer a singing group. But guess what? Christianity is still here. Jesus Christ is still here. His word is still here. His name is still powerful. Praise the Lord. If you could have been there the valley of Elah that day that David went out to get his brother something to eat. He took him some, some cheese and some bread. And he gets to the valley of Elah. They're fighting against the Philistines. And out comes Goliath for 40 days, morning and evening. Goliath has stepped out on the edge of the battlefield. And he says to that group, that are send me a man. Send me a man. And the Israelites, they just begin to tremor. Look at how tall Goliath is. Look at how intimidating he is. And they're they're shaken and they're afraid. And and when David gets to the battlefield, he said, what's going to be done to the guy that takes care of this guy? What's what's the reward? What do we get if we take him down? Uh, 1 Samuel 17, 26, David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, what shall be done to the man that killeth the, this Philistine? And taketh away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? See, the armies of the Israelites, they were afraid of the situation. David's brothers, they were mad about, at him about the situation. But David's attitude was that, hey, the giant of uh, the Philistines, this giant champion from Gath, He's not greater than the Lord of hosts of Israel. So I'll say it again. Don't worry about what the world says about you. Forget about what their oppression of you. Worry about what Jesus Christ says about you. Don't worry about what the world's saying about you. Worry about what the Lord says about you. And he says, you're my child. You belong to me. He says, I love you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will be with you. He said, my peace I give unto you. He says, nothing can separate you from my love. So worry about what the Lord is saying about us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Many people have been challenged over the last couple of years. Many people have been worn out spiritually. The enemy of their souls, their flesh, the the devil, the world has has worn them down. And unfortunately, some have gotten to the point to where they were overwhelmed and they gave up. They left. They walked away from God. They moved on. I had a conversation with Aubrianna Jones a few months ago. She called and was doing an assignment for her school there in Scotland. And she sent me some questions she wanted to ask. And that was part of the, the situation, and I was to answer the questions as she talked and asked me this question. As we went through the interview that day, she came up with other questions. And so she, um, she said she would laugh during the interview, and she goes, oh, I, I, I got another question for you. And she thought of something else. And, and one of those questions she asked me that day, she said, and she was talking to me as her pastor and asking questions from the vantage point of a pastor she said, has there ever been a point, it was something like this, has there ever been a point while you were pastoring, when you felt like that, that we struggled with the mission of the church? She said, maybe a time when we veered away from the mission, maybe not completely, but we got distracted, or, um, and she said, how did, how did you get it back? How did you move back to the mission? Has there ever been a point or a time when, when momentum got so low, she said, and where there was hardly any momentum in and leading. And, and how did you get it back? And so I had to sit there and think about that for a minute because I wasn't prepared. I didn't know the question was coming. And the only thing that came to my mind that afternoon as we were talking to Aubrey, as I was talking to Aubrey that day and I recorded it, but as I was talking to her, the only thing that, first thing that came to my mind was just be faithful. Just be faithful when, when things go down. Just be faithful and rely on the call of God. And I want to tell somebody here today, when momentum shifts, sometimes the only thing you can do is just show up and pray again and be faithful. When things turn south, when things get hard, and think faithfulness, faithfulness and leaning on that call of God and knowing that that God is still with, because I want to tell you one more time that if you live for God, you're going to come out on top if you'll stick with the Lord you're gonna win if you're still praying you're victorious if you're faithful you're winning you may not understand the battle but if you're praying if you're still living for the Lord you're winning if you still have a praise anybody still got a praise after 2020 after 2019 after 20 anybody still got a praise on your lips Praise the Lord, because God is bigger than the problem. And God is bigger than the fear. God is bigger than the storm. I like what the Apostle Paul said at the end of his ministry, toward the end of his life. He's just days away from being executed there in Rome. He said, I am ready to be offered in the time of my departure is at hand. Now listen to this. He said, I fought a good fight. It's a fight. It's a fight. It's not a cakewalk. This is a fight. It's a race. He said, I've finished my course. And he said, I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. See if you're faithful, if you'll keep the faith, there is a crown if you live for God, you're going, to get a, you're going to get a reward. You're going to win. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to tell you all of the accolades and all of the, the things that the world may peep upon you, just put upon you, none of that's going to matter. What matters is that you get the crown. What matters is that you win. Because he that endureth unto the, to the end, the same shall be saved. So live for God. And just because you fight a battle it doesn't mean you're defeated. Just because you're struggling right now, it doesn't mean you've lost. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. Well, if you were, if you were who you th- thought you were, you wouldn't be going through this season. If you were really a Christian, you wouldn't, be put, you wouldn't have to put up with this. You, wouldn't have been able, you would not have been asked to go through this if you were who you said you were. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. Just because the prayer hasn't been answered or hasn't come to realization doesn't mean God didn't hear you. You say, I'm troubled on every side. But you're not distressed. Well, I'm perplexed. But you're not in despair. I'm persecuted. But you're not forsaken. I've been cast down. But you're not destroyed. And so for those that are fighting a battle this morning, I have an assignment to tell you. You cannot lose with God. You are destined to win. You are destined to win. Give the battle to the Lord. You say, Lord, it's yours. Stand with me, please. Give it to the Lord. The battle belongs to him anyway. That's that's when you cast your cares upon him because you know he cares for you. That's when you give it to the Lord. That's that's when you put put on the whole armor of God. You put on the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness. Take up the shield of faith, the sword of the spear, which is the word of God. You put on the whole armor of God. You say, well, what do I do with the armor of God? Here's what you do with the armor of God. You pray. You find an altar and you pray. Because Ephesians chapter 6 says, praying always with all supplication you put on all of the armor of God and you go and you find a place to pray and I'm going to guarantee you something my friend you're going to win the battle it's on your knees it's in that house of prayer or in that closet of prayer where you find your victory be strong in the Lord in the power of his might it's when you keep on praising the Lord when the enemy says you don't have a reason to praise the Lord It's when you get your hands in the air when you don't feel like putting your hands in the air. Has anybody ever been there? You've been so beat down, you've been so discouraged, you've been so covered up or so overwhelmed with the things that have happened to you. And you think it's almost an impossibility to get your hands in the air, but then you begin to lift them and you begin to voice a praise to the Lord and say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you for the change you made in me. Lord, I thank you for the grace in this moment right now. Lord, I thank you for leading me. Lord, I thank you I can feel your presence right now in this sanctuary. Lord, I thank you for always being faithful to me, Lord. God, you have delivered me time and time again. And if you can get your hands in the air and your voice to lift up and praise the so Lord, I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna win you're gonna win if you'll praise the Lord said Chronicles 13 and 14 says they cried unto the Lord and the priests sounded the trumpets and God brought a victory they cried the talking about the people the army they cried unto the Lord and the priests began to blow the trumpets and I thought what a beautiful sight when the people begin to cry and the priests begin to blow the trumpet and the people and the priests start working together and they're praising the Lord together victory came to Judah the children of Judah prevailed praise the Lord i I, I wish i had that verse in there Aubrey i don't even know what verse i said it was but the verse the few verses later says the children of Judah prevailed because they relied on the Lord Somebody needs to know this morning, you're going to prevail if you rely on the Lord. You get your hands in the air, you lift your voice, you get down on your knees and pray. You do whatever it takes and you're going to win. You're going to prevail because with God you are destined to win. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to ask the church this morning, especially if you're fighting a battle this morning and you're not ashamed, you're not afraid of what other my people might say, if you'd just join me around the front this morning for a few minutes of prayer at the church. In fact, just the whole church, if you'll just come with me. That way nobody has to feel singled out or nobody has to feel embarrassed this morning. But if you are fighting a battle this morning or you're discouraged or you feel beat down, I want you to know today you can leave with victory in your mind, in your heart. Your heart can be lifted. Your soul can be changed this morning. Hallelujah. Maybe maybe you're the one that needs to get your hands in the air. Maybe you're the one that needs to get down on your knees. Maybe you're the one that needs to express a praise. But I want you to know there is victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes when God's people come in, sometimes when God's people, they're, they're going through life, they're like David's men. There was a group of men that, that amassed themselves to David. And the Bible says they were in debt, they were distressed, and they were discouraged. They were in debt, they were discouraged, and they were distressed. But David took that group of people and he made them a mighty army. That's what God does for us. That's what the Lord does for us. He takes us in our worst of circumstances, in our weakest moments, and the Lord lifts us and he gives us strength to carry on. Aren't you thankful this morning? Aren't you thankful for the hand of the Lord? Hallelujah. The Lord is our hope, the Lord is our victory. In the name of Jesus, would you lift your hands with me all across this sanctuary or bow your heads and pray with me in the name of Jesus. I feel feel like there's somebody here this morning that needs help from the Lord, that needs an answer, and I just want to encourage you today that the Lord is your answer. He shall supply all of your need because your need is the Lord according to His riches and glory in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, hallelujah, hallelujah, oh yes, Lord, we're going to win, part of your church, Lord, a part of your work, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, a very present help in our time of need. A strength in our time of weakness, an answer when we have questions, a hope when we're in despair, it is in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, it is is in the Lord today that we find our victory. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord, I need you today. I need you, Lord. I need help, Lord, I need direction. I need you, Lord, to show me the way. I need you, Lord, to open my eyes to victory. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. You have oh, overcome yes. You have overcome Hallelujah. None like you, Lord, none beside you, Lord. ever interceding as the loss become the found. You can never be defeated. The presence of the victor's crown. The voice of the Lord you penetrate you your heart to, to tell you the what you hope of all the
1: Stronghold
0: shall be broken. You wear the victor's crown. You overcome. You overcome. At the windfall's the work was finished. You were buried in the ground. But the grave could not contain you, for you wear.